Hello, Timberwolves fans. Once again, we are ready for another episode of Timberwolves Explosion. Today is Wednesday, January the 14th, 2009. This is again episode number 14 of Timberwolves Explosion. And we are happy to have you with us once again. Uh, only two games have been played since the last show, but we're going to get into other topics besides just reviewing games. So that's the bit. Going to have some talkers, a little Randy Foy, a little Rodney Carney, and Kevin McHale. Uh, there's some positivity going on to this team right now, even though they lost last night to Miami. But uh, this team looking pretty good. There are some signs of encouragement right now with this team. First and foremost, though, here on the sportsstuff.com, which is the home of Timberwolves Explosion, we have a message boards. On the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says TSS Boards. Click on that. That is how you can sign up for the message boards. We really want you listeners out there to please sign up for the message boards here on the sportsstuff.com to be a part of things, to not just watch sports, get involved. It's a lot of fun to talk with us podcasters and other members as the community is growing. Um, and it's a great place to be. You might even be able to start your own podcast. Just uh, ask Dylan Richardson, who is the executive producer and creator of thesportstuff.com. That is Dylan Richardson. All right. Uh, this show also available on iTunes, which some of you may have be listening from. And, yeah, I encourage you to do also check out thesportstuff.com, as mentioned. All right. Another place for great Timberwolves news, TimberwolvesPress.com. TimberwolvesPress.com. Do check that website out. Nice enough to put a link to Timberwolves Explosion, the Timberwolves Explosion page on the sportstuff.com. We deeply appreciate that, as always. And uh, with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into the game reviews, and after that, have some news and some talkers with the Timberwolves. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Again, episode number 14, a reminder for iPod users. And the bit you just heard, Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. The ratings are fantastic for that show right now, and I'm very excited about that. Going to continue to cover the NFL playoffs and the monitor the Minnesota Vikings offseason. Do check it out, Timberwolves and Viking fans. Check out Purple Mafia. All righty. Well, we got two games to review for the Timberwolves. The first one, the Minnesota Timberwolves defeat the Milwaukee Bucks, 104, or excuse me, 106 to 104 on January the 10th. That was last Saturday. And this was a very exciting game. Um, Milwaukee Bucks come out firing in the first quarter, 28 to 19. 
They lead the Timberwolves at the end of the first quarter. They maintain their lead as both teams trade off 32 points in the second quarter. The Bucks leading by nine pretty much the whole way there, nine or ten. The Wolves slowly start to come back in the third quarter, outscoring the Bucks by four. So getting things a little bit closer, five-point game starts raising a little bit of hope. Hey, the Wolves are in this game, despite the fact Michael Red and Richard Jefferson are just exploding on this particular night. Michael Red hit three after three throughout the game and down the stretch, just a pain in the butt for the Wolves. Uh, Richard Jefferson made all seven free throws, uh, including two of which Kevin McHale felt were unwarranted, as Richard Jefferson wasn't even in the game when Kevin McHale... Now, this was at the end of the first quarter. Kevin McHale was ejected. Two strange technical fouls called in Kevin McHale when he simply asked the referee a question. He just was like, can you explain to me why that was a travel or, or whatever it was. Uh, I believe that this ref was Sean Corbin. Yes, Sean Corbin. And um, no explanation has been made at this particular time. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a mystery. McHale simply just asked, uh, why was that a travel? No, no, no profanity involved, no screaming, as Kevin McHale is a laid-back type of individual. And, um, all righty then. Luckily, the Timberwolves, with Kevin McHale's former teammate, Jerry Seasting, former Boston Celtic, taking over and keeping the Wolves in order, <laughs> keeping the Wolves on track. And, uh, yeah, they got it done, folks. Um Sebastian Telfer with a mat, with a giant game, 17 points, 11 assists. Unfortunately, five turnovers. Uh, he was a teeny bit sloppy along the way. He did hit two threes in the game. Uh, Randy Foy had only one point through the first three quarters. Just that, just one free throw off a of technical, I believe. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. What the deal was with Foy down the stretch, it's like he couldn't, he just, nothing was going. He wasn't making his shots, wasn't very aggressive. But then all of a sudden, fourth quarter Foy emerges. He scores 10 points down the stretch and led this team to victory once again. But the player of the game for the Timberwolves, uh, you could say it was Telfer, you could say it's Jefferson. I'm going with Rodney Carney. Rodney Carney, which is like a young athletic version of Bruce Bowen, I think. I think he could be another Bruce Bowen. In time, as it took a long time for Bowen to uh, emerge as the player he is today. I mean, he's getting old now. He's about 35, Bowen. Um, Carney, a very young player, drafted the same year. No, not drafted the same year as Jefferson, excuse me. Drafted the same year as Foy. He is only 24 years old. Going to turn 25 on April 5th, the Memphis, Tennessee native. 16th overall pick by the Chicago Bulls. Rodney Carney not only plays aggressive defense and is very athletic on the fast break. He can fly to the hoop and jam on someone and just make you go, whoa, <laughs> you know. But he can hit the three-point shot. He's become a nice spot-up three-point shooter for the Minnesota Timberwolves this season. Started out the year, the guy couldn't shoot worth a crap. All he was really good for was a little defense and an athletic play here and there. But now he can hit the three as well. And uh, Rodney Carney had 22 points a season high against the Milwaukee Bucks and hit big threes down the stretch. Four of six, if I didn't already mention that. If I did, I apologize. Seven of 11 overall from the floor and made four of five free throws. So even getting to the line a bit, um, Kevin Love was able to pull down 12 rebounds. Uh, Kevin McHale the other day on KFAN with P. 
LPA, the Paul Allen Show, or the Love Covenant on KFAN, mentioned that Kevin Love is about a good rebounder, as he's seen come into this league, because the guy will get rebounds that you just can't believe. Uh, he's got 12 rebounds in 22 and a half minutes. Kevin Love, when he is a starter, will be one of the top rebounders in the league, and uh, that was a huge problem for the Timberwolves last season. Huge problem for the Timberwolves last season. Getting rebounds in general. He had one guy who could rebound. That was L. Jefferson. That was it. That was it. Uh, this year, the Timberwolves rebounding significantly better, including the offensive side. So L. Jefferson also the only guy who could get an offensive rebound on this team. Miller, or Miller, excuse me. Kevin Love got three, along with Jefferson getting three in this game. Jefferson, aforementioned Jefferson, fouled out late in the game. Unfortunately, is Andrew Bogut, who came off the bench, believe it or not, the former number one overall pick, comes off the bench for the Bucks at this point in time, as Gad Zarich is the starter. Gad Zarich only four points, four rebounds, one of three from the floor, a big deal, right? But Bogut hit shot after shot. He just got it done inside on Al Jefferson, frustrating a lot of people who are uh, negative on Al Jefferson's defense, and I can understand that a little bit. Uh, Bogut was seven of eight. Seven of eight in this game, good for 14 points, seven rebounds, and uh, the guy very deadly down the stretch, along with, of course, Michael Red and Richard Jefferson, as they frustrated Timberwolves, but the Wolves were able to overcome that, and that is what counts. The Wolves pull off another win. This making this became their fifth game, their fifth victory in a row, and uh, man, couldn't be more excited at this point in time as they gutted it out. I mean, a game when the Wolves didn't particularly play well in this game. The Bucks shot 43%. The Wolves 40, excuse me, 53%. The Wolves shot 44. And, uh, yeah, they got it done despite the fact they were off their game, you could say. They really didn't play so hot. So that is the sign of improvement. People all over this town and all over the league starting to notice the Wolves are making improvements. And that makes me pretty excited and fans all over Minnesota excited. Now we will move on to the next game, and unfortunately the final game already to review in this particular show, but we're going to have more to talk about. This was last night, Tuesday the 13th. The Wolves will play the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade, the rich man's <laughs> Randy Foy. It's Dwayne Wade, is, or Foy is starting to play like Dwayne Wade a little bit. Clutch and uh, making defensive plays down the stretch. And uh, Randy Foy and Dwayne Wade looked pretty similar on this particular night, though Dwayne Wade got a lot more calls because he's a veteran, and uh, he knows how to get calls because he's just so dang good. And uh, by being the aggressive, talented player he is, he's going to get calls no matter what. Dwayne Wade, it's 31 points, 8 assists. He was 13 of 16 from the line. 9 of 15 from the field overall versus Randy Foy's zero free throws attempted. Randy Foy did not get to attempt, did not get to the line once on this particular day, though he did hit 5 of 10 from three-point range, 12 of 21 overall, good for 29 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds. Very similar line to Dean Wayne Wade, except for one other major stat. Other than the free throws, Dwayne Wade had three blocks. Randy Foy had no blocks. And, uh... I'll get to why that's important 
later. If you didn't see the game, you'll find out why in a minute. Uh, the Miami Heat did win this game, unfortunately. This was a back-and-forth game between the Heat and the Wolves. One would take a five-point lead, two-point lead. Then the other would take a two-point or five-point lead. It was a seesaw battle. The Miami Heat, unfortunately, defeat the Wolves 99-96, to ending a five-game win streak. But the Wolves clearly a team moving in the right direction. And uh, I just hope the Wolves can continue to play with this type of tenacity and this type of uh, just prowess, offensive prowess. They're scoring points when they need to. I mean, Randy Foy, as I said, 29 points. That is fantastic. Jefferson, not a good night. I don't know why, because Miami's <laughs> big men are not very good. They're really not. Um, he was only 4 of 14 from the floor, 9 points, 10 rebounds. I understand a lot of shots went to Foy because he's right now probably the best offensive player on the Wolves at this particular time because he's the hottest Timberwolf right now. Uh, Jefferson, you know he's going to get his no matter what. He's going to get back to his 22-23 game. He'll get back to it, but uh, not to, not on this night for some strange reason. Telfair not so great either. He shot okay, 4-7 from the floor, but got five turnovers versus one assist. So uh, easily the better point guard was Foy with his eight assists and two turnovers. Significant improvement on the assist-to-turnover ratio for Randy Foy. Michael Beasley, mediocre at best. <laughs> well, for somebody as talented as he is anyway, mediocre. Only 6 of 14 in 23 minutes, 14.7 rebounds. The guy doesn't really look like he's adjusting to the NBA as quickly as some of you expected. Um He's not going to start right now anyway with Haslam and Marion playing as well as they did. Both of them getting double-doubles in this night. 17-10 and 10 for Haslam. 16-11 and 11 for Sean Marion to go with two blocks. So that was good stuff for those guys. They just outplayed the Wolves up front. Ryan Gomes was okay. Craig Smith, again, another strange line where he only shot the ball twice. Only played about 19 minutes, six points. Yeah, Craig Smith only shot the ball twice in this game. So, that's interesting. Miller, terrible. One of seven from the floor. Not what you want from your supposed uh, ace in the hole when it comes to shooting. You know, your best shooter, supposedly. Uh, Carney's becoming that right now, believe it or not. A, an erratic shooter over the course of time. Rodney Carney playing 31 minutes in this game. That was fantastic. 15 points. He had three of six from three-point range. And we're definitely going to continue to talk about Rodney Carney in the next segment. This guy... Seriously emerging, and uh, it's unfortunate the Timberwolves did not exercise the player option on his rookie contract. And uh, the Wolves are going to have to hope they can sign him. Uh, we're just going to have to find out as things progress. Again, I'll get into that shortly. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, again, as I said, this game, just a seesaw battle all the way through. You knew it was going to come down to the final two minutes of the game. It was just one of those kind of nights where there's no way you're going to determine a winner until the very end. Who hit the big shots that mattered at the end? And who made the big defensive stops that matter at the end? Uh, Miami Heat led, or no, yeah, the Miami Heat led 97-96 with 22 seconds remaining. Timberwolves have the ball. Randy Foy is then blocked by Dwayne Wade. So very similar to what Randy Foy did to O.J. Mayo a week ago, as Foy right now 
the hotter player than O.J. Mayo at this particular time and looking like, you know, he's ready to make a move in the right direction. Dwayne Wade is an NBA champion, and he made big stops just like that against the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals, as we all remember. And uh, Dwayne Wade did the same thing to a red-hot Randy Foy on this particular night, stopping Foy. Foy luckily was able to get the offensive rebound, who then got the ball to Rodney Carney, who launched a three, could not connect, and... uh that sealed the deal. Miami got the rebound, was fouled, made their free throws, and uh, that's all that mattered. Miami Heat, 99-96, and, oh, man. <laughs> the better, more experienced team got it done on this particular night. Unfortunately, Mario Chalmers, who was, a disc- you know, in the newspaper in this particular day because he was the second-round pick for the Timberwolves, there was a planned trade in the works before we even took Chalmers. They knew we were going to take him and uh, worked out a deal. And that was because we thought we were going to keep O.J. Mayo. Yeah, Chalmers ended up going to Miami for some cash and some second-round draft picks, some undisclosed or undetermined second-round draft picks at this particular time. Um, It was sad. Yeah, in the newspaper they talked about how 10 minutes later, the Memphis Grizzlies offered Mike Miller and Ke- in, in uh, along with Kevin Love, and then all of a sudden we were like, "Oh crap! I wish we we wish we could have kept Chalmers because we knew uh, Yarich and stuff were out of here, so there'd be space for Chalmers. We wouldn't have nine people riding on the bench <laughs> with um, you know Yarich, Telfair, and all of them kind of all dogging down the bench, and Chalmers wouldn't get to play, or they wouldn't get to play, and their chemistry would be all messy. Um, yeah." Unfortunately, what's done is done, and we can't go back on it. The worst part, of course, we all know Mike Miller not working out right now. Kevin Love might work out in the long run. I, I think he has a good chance of being that, especially with his rebounding. But Mike Miller, yeah, one of seven. So that was another talker in this game. Randy Foy, though, starting to look like a poor man's Dwayne Wade, like a lot of people thought he could be coming out of college. It was really a, a very entertaining game seeing Dwayne Wade and Randy Foy go head-to-head when it mattered most. Well, that is the end of the game reviews at this time. And after that, we're going to return and talk a little more about Rodney Carney, Rashad McCants, and some more Randy Foy. We'll be right back after this quick announcement. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 14. Another reminder, again, thank you for listening to this show. And the bit you heard, Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Hockey Podcast on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. And the ratings are growing on that show, and I appreciate some of you out there that might be listeners of both shows. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And those of you that didn't know about Brave the Wild, do check it out. TheSportsStuff.com and iTunes. All right. Well, we're going to talk about Rodney Carney first and foremost. 
Now, Rodney Carney's three-point shooting has been a surprise. Uh, he's a better three-point shooter than a lot of us expected. Last year he shot about 32%, little under, a little under that. This year right now he's up to 37 plus percent and hey, you know, when you got a guy like a weapon like that off the bench, you gotta use it. You gotta utilize Rodney Carney. Um, I was a little bit afraid coming into the season. Or actually not coming into the season, but after the first couple of games, it looked like he was a guy who could not finish, uh, or he couldn't shoot anyway. He could finish only if he was wide open dunking, basically. And he'd provide a little defense, but at best, I mean, I don't know. At best, that's all he was going to be. And there was always the fear he could be at another Gerald Green, a guy who was just not going to crack the lineup and was going to be out of here at the end of the year because we did not exercise his player option in the the third year, or fourth year, excuse me, fourth year of the rookie contract. Of course, the fourth year is a player option. The fifth year is a qualifying offer. And uh, depending on how it works, either way, they're eligible for a long-term extension after their fourth season. And uh, I hope the Timberwolves are going to be able to resign this guy. Um, real quick, when you look at his split stats, in November he only averaged 2.9 points a game, only five minutes a game, and it looked like, oh boy, Gerald Green again. Minutes increased a bit as his role continued to improve, particularly late in December. 12 minutes a game, 3.4 points, but then all of a sudden he started hitting threes. Because yeah, he only shot 16% from three in November, 45% in December, and it was like, whoa, this guy's waking up a little bit. This guy's this guy can hit the three a little bit. This is kind of cool. Um, and then in January, in six games, now it was 13 games in December, so 45% in 13 games, pretty cool. Uh, he attempted less than one three a game, but still he made the ones that he shot. Now he's attempting about two three points a game, three pointers a game in January, good for 36%, and we'll take it because his overall field goal percentage has gone up the last couple months. Uh, starting in November, only 38%, in December, 40 and in January, 46 So I'm liking the trend. He's averaging 23 minutes a game, and um, Kevin McHale has done the right thing by burying Rashad McCants, who is not – he's gunned the Timberwolves out of games so many times. As you've heard, a previous Timberwolves explosion where I was, say, watching a game – half dozing off because I just worked like 13-hour day outside, just killed myself outside, almost dozing off and watched Rashad McCants jack up a three that was the stupidest play ever with the Wolves up by seven with 22 seconds left on the shot clock, two minutes left to go in the game, jacking up a pointless three from about 28 feet out. I literally jumped out of my bed, was about to, was about to rip the TV off the table and throw it <laughs> through the window. No, no, I wouldn't really do that, but you get the idea. Um, yeah. I'm not having to do that anymore. I'm not getting irritated watching this team anymore because Rashad McCants is really the main guy doing stupid things like that. The rest of these guys have a little common sense. And uh, Rodney Carney is more of that spot-up shooter when it comes to the three-point shot. And he'll slash when he has the opportunity on the fast break. And my goodness, can he finish <laughs> when he needs to. And, of course, another area he is just going to kill McCants in is defensively. This guy can frustrate some of the better players in the league. And now certain players are going to beat him because they're just that good. But he'll 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 get under their skin at times with his great defense. And, man, I love players like Rodney Carney. And, uh, man, they got to get this done. 
I believe being that he's here, he does have bird rights, and the Wolves need to keep him. Now, it's not going to take over $5 million, I don't think, to keep him anyway. I don't think you're going to need to use the salary cap exception to keep him if it came to that. But uh, one way or another, yeah, you got to keep Rodney Carney for a three-year contract, I would try to do at hopefully a reasonable enough price because I'm not really sure what his market value is going to be as it doesn't make much sense half the time. You get Troy Hudson signed for $6 million, and other players signed, you know, that are like three times better for like $2 million, you know, like like – like Ryan Gomes, you know, for like two and a half billion. So think about it. Doesn't make much sense, does it? Now the other guy who also continues to surge, Randy Foy. Got to get back on his on this topic again. He has just improved, improved, improved as the year goes on. Now in November, he only averaged twelve points a game, and there were times this guy looked like he was going to be left for dead, and the only reason he averaged 12 points a game in November is because by the end of the month, he was starting to figure it out a little bit. Starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, what I thought one of the smartest things Randy Whitman did as coach was to take Randy Foy out of the starting lineup for a couple of games, as it, it woke him up. When Ra- Randy Foy before that was having like seven-point games and, and, and less, all of a sudden the guy woke up and he started scoring 15 points a game off the bench and as a starter. And pretty much ever since that day, he has been on a pretty consistent uptrend. Now, he's had some crappy games, and we've seen him, where he'll score 11 points, he'll have an 8-point game. And he especially did that in November and early December. But, folks, this has been a significant uptrend along the way with Randy Foy, knock on wood, as you can hear that, knock on wood. (laughs) Let's, Let's hope it continues. Would have been a nice stock to buy, let's say, if he was a stock or, say, fantasy basketball in early December when his stock was still extremely low. Pretty much people avoided him like the plague. Oh, man, I mean, I'm very impressed with Randy Foy at this point in time. He only averaged about one and a half free throw attempts a game in November. Look at this, December, five free throw attempts a game. That is going to change your game. And uh, he averaged 16.6 points a game. In December, fantastic. Field goal percentage only about 1% higher. Three-point percentage up about 6%, went from 24 to 30. Not bad at all. Uh, his free throw percentage always in the upper 80s, so that's very good news. It's the classic New York or New Jersey point guard. Those guys hit free throws, especially late in games. Those are, that's just the way it is. It's like a tradition with those guys. And you look at Randy Foy in January, good God. He looked good at his field goal percentage. Look at his field goal percentage, almost 52, and his three-point percentage. He's averaging over six threes attempted in January and making 54% at this particular time. Free throw attempts down a little bit, especially after yesterday's game. I would imagine that would kill that stat. Uh, overall, though, yeah, 22.2 a game in January. The assist down to about four and a half a game, but, you know, that's going to happen. He did have eight yesterday. He's averaging almost two steals a game as well, so... A nice trend I'm seeing out of Randy Foy. And remember many how many times I talked about if Randy Foy plays well, the Timberwolves will play better. The wins will come. Now I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, and I'm certainly not saying they're gonna go anywhere if they ever do make the if they do make the playoffs uh say next year. I'm not they'd probably lose in the first round unless there was some uh massive upgrade at another position. Like, say, you go from a solid player like Ryan Gomes to a, you know, to a Michael Beasley type, or I, I don't even, shouldn't even say his name, maybe an O.J. Mayo type. 
somebody like that. You know, you get the idea, Josh Howard, which could happen via the draft or free agency. Josh Howard type, not necessarily using his name saying he's coming here. But you get the idea. Building blocks make teams better. And Foy, clearly the X factor and clearly taking pressure off Al Jefferson and others. And the Wolves are winning. It's as simple as that. You need that number two player, the number two star, so to speak, or even maybe a number one, depending on what's going on with the other guy between Al Jefferson and Foy. And, uh, yeah, that was why I was optimistic with this team, because I saw Foy as being a dynamic player, not being a 12 points a game or six points a game bust like it looked like he was headed towards. So uh, I'm very encouraged. I'm very encouraged, and of course Kevin McHale clearly has to do with it because it's no coincidence that when Randy Whitman took over, Randy Foy went from a clutch player to more of a bust type of guy, inconsistent, up and down. And uh, now he's become that confident, go-get-him type of player, like he was again last night, just couldn't get past Dwayne Wade at the end there. And of course, we all know what Dwayne Wade is. He's a champion. So that's going to happen. That is going to happen. But I'm thrilled with Randy Foy's improvement. I'm thrilled with Rodney Carney's emergence. And hopefully we can keep these guys here for a long period of time. As both of them, being they both came out in 2006, eligible for extensions this summer. Foy, we may just do the qualifying offer, but that's risky. You're just doing a one-year deal. That's what the uh, Bulls did with Ben Gordon. So risky. So risky. Can't do it. Definitely not with Foy. And uh Carney, you have no choice. He's a UFA, unrestricted free agent. So these two guys I want in the fold for a minimum three-year contract, if possible. And we're going to see what happens with that. A lot of people, it's funny, though, one quick thing. As I also mentioned, Mikhail, as part of the reason for this resurgence, and he is, folks. Isn't it funny how just a few months ago he was, mad, you know, like everybody was saying, fire Mikhail, fire Mikhail. And I was one of them, of course, because, oh, what a horrible uh, vice president of basketball operations he is and was, thank God, on the was part. <laughs> and uh, isn't it just amazing? See, now you go to message boards, say ESPN.com, Timberwolves. Some of you may be from there, and... Thanks for checking us out on Timberwolves Explosion. Um, now they're saying, I want to see McHale inked to a three- to five-year extension. Isn't that crazy? It's just amazing what happens when you go from the wrong role to the right role. And uh, <laughs> Kevin McHale is in the right place now. And if he's going to work for the Timberwolves, it should be as the coach. And, hey, I wouldn't mind seeing McHale extended either to this point, Kevin McHale has never had a contract with the Timberwolves. It's just kind of a day-to-day thing. So we're gonna, it's gonna be a very interesting summer. We're gonna have to see what happens with McHale, Foy, and Carney. Three building blocks for this team right now. As I would like to see all three of them back next year, at least at this particular time. Who knows what's gonna happen in the next couple of months. But right now, hey. This is pretty cool stuff, and I'm sure other you, other people out there are enjoying it as well. Well, I'm going to call it a show because, unfortunately, well, I wanted to check out the message boards and to read your responses when I said, what's your assessment of Mikhail as coach or the success rate with Mikhail and the Timberwolves? Well, not Mikhail as coach. It was the Timberwolves' success. What do you think of it? Well, the server's down right now, and it's been down for a while. I understand the guys are busy. They can't get to it all the time. So I'm going to save it for next show. Uh, Cush, Brian Cush, host of Running 
with the Bulls. Had some pretty cool words on there, and I'm going to save them for the next show. So obviously no new poll today. I'll just use it next show. I appreciate your patience on that. But (laughs) that's going to be our show today. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back in a week. Until then, take care and go Wolves! Go Wolves!